hello and good evening this is the single mama purpose i am coming on to give you guys a new episode it's going to be actually a few episodes but tonight is going to be on discipleship and the title is in the beginning okay and for starters i want to go ahead and give you a scripture and then i'm going to jump into discipleship 101 okay so i'm going to be reading some of these um verses of Genesis 1. I'm going to skip around because it's 31 verses, but I don't want to read all of them to you. So I'm going to pick out some ones that I want to highlight. So I'm going to start with Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. I'm going to be going down to verse 9. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called sea, seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees, on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and the trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, the third day. Jumping down to 20. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the vault of the sky. 21. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 22. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was even and there was morning the fifth day. 24. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds of livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. 25. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. 26. And God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. This is the God that we serve. The God of heaven and earth, creator of every single thing on this earth. That is who we are called to serve. Okay? So, in order for me to come and bring you some um, understanding of discipleship, 
I got some books, okay? The first book that I'm starting with is called The New Christian's Handbook, Everything Believers Need to Know. The author's name is Max Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S, okay? And the first chapter in this book is called, Who is God? Okay? So who is God? I just told you some of the things that he has done, that he has created. He created heaven and earth, and he created you and me in his own image. Okay? So coming out of this book, it says, God is holy. God is loving. God is just. God is merciful. God is good. We cannot invent a definition of God and expect it to be true. Therefore, one of the great challenges in life is to find out who God is. It is from the Bible that Christians get their understanding of who God is. Okay? God is infinite, eternal spirit the self-existent creator of the universe and the surveying over it. While this definition is not complete, it is a good beginning. The God we are talking about is the creator of the universe, the original being, the surveying ruler of all that is, the sole judge of all that is true and false, right and wrong, good and bad. No one created him, Acts 17, 23, excuse me, through 25. He has always been there and will continue eternally unchanged. Hebrews 13.8 James Packer writes, God does not have it in him to go out of existence. Okay, moving along in this book, it said, well, it gives us some more understanding of God is holy, God is loving, God is just, God is merciful, God is good. So starting with God is holy. Technically, holiness means set apart from sin to righteousness. Not only has God never sinned, but in fact, he is incapable of sin because his character, his very nature is what defines sin. Anything that is like God is not sin. Anything that is not like God is sin. It is not that he has the ability to live up to some standard. Rather, he is the standard. Isaiah 6, 3. God is loving. Three words in the original Greek language of the New New Testament are all translated into English as one word, love. Eros, E-R-O-S, is physical, sensual love. Phileos, Phileos, P-H-I-L-O-S, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, is emotional love, such as one might have for a parent or close friend. Agape, pronounced agape, is the exercise of one's will for the good of another. When the Bible says that God is love, it is saying that God is agape. He has committed his will to the good of humanity. 1 John 4, 8. God is just. Today it is considered impolite to stick our nose into anyone else's business. Therefore, we hear little of God's justice. 
Nevertheless, justice is one of God's characteristics. Revelations 15.3 Justice applies consequences to a person's actions according to the, a fixed standard without regard to favoritism or any other intervening, intervening thing. If I could read right. <laughs> God has said that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 And that the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 Therefore, God's justice requires that all die. God is merciful. Mercy is God's characteristic that causes him to provide a way of escape when we deserve judgment. Titus 3.5-7 We deserve to die, but God sent Jesus to earth to die for us. Therefore, since God has provided a way of escape from judgment that satisfies him, when we accept that way of escape, God would be unjust not to save us. God's justice and his mercy combine to provide humanity a safe haven from the consequences of our sin. God is good. God is not a celestial scientist fooling around with human toys for his own enjoyment, regardless of the negative impact on those toys. Goodness must mean goodness from his children's point of view not just God's. Otherwise, he could hatch up all kinds of sadistic schemes against his helpless children. Is that helpless? They got a misspelling there. Plunging them into misery purely for his own enjoyment. Such is not the case. He intends to do good for his children. Deuteronomy 8.16 and Mark 10.18 This does not mean that life will always be easy and pleasurable. God's goodness means that in the end, all will be well, even though some things between now and then may be difficult. These characteristics are not all the ones that God shares with humankind, but they are among the most important ones. God is enough like us to understand our problems and enough above us to be able to solve them. God is unlike us in some ways. God is eternal. With no beginning and no end, God never had a beginning, and he will never have an end. Psalms 92, 90 verse 2. It is much easier to think of humans who have a beginning but no end. That is not so difficult. But to imagine that someone never had a beginning, that he has always existed, takes us beyond our ability to grasp. Nevertheless, that is true of God. It is a reassuring thought to me. It makes me feel safe. The universe can make sense to me. He always has been and he always will be. And I am safe, loved, and significant. Nothing could be better. God is immutable, unchanging. God has never and will never change. Webster defines immutability simply as unchanging. God cannot change because his very nature is unchanging. Therefore, he can never be wiser, more holy, more just, more merciful, more truthful, nor less. Nor do his plans and purposes change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 The Apostle James wrote that he is the father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. 
Speaking for God, Malachi wrote, I am the Lord. I do not change. That is in Malachi 3, 6. God is omnipresent, everywhere simultaneously. The next three characteristics of God form a well-known triad, which one being with the prefix omni, which means unlimited. The first one is omnipresence, meaning that God is present everywhere simultaneously. Psalms 139, 7-10. That is good news for the child of God. There is nowhere we can be that God is not there with us. God is omnipresent. I'm sorry, omniscient. All-knowing. Psalm 139.4 reads, There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. When we say God knows everything, we mean that he knows all things, both actual and possible. As an example of a possible thing Jesus knew in Matthew 11:21, he said, If the mighty works which we done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, Sidon, Sidon? <laughs> I can never get those words. They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. There is no hoodwinking God. There is no wool to be pulled over his eyes. Jeremiah wrote, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Jeremiah 17, 10. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. The final characteristic of God we want to look at is his omnipotence. Omnipotence means that God can do anything. He chooses Job 42 and 2, reads... I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. He put the stars in place. He spoke the world into existence. He breathed into a lump of clay and created the first man. In conclusion, this book reads, well, this chapter reads, Who Was God? Sometimes we may be tempted to question God's character because he does not treat us better. I read one time of a missionary couple who had spent their entire lives on a mission field working tirelessly to improve the quality of life and to spread the gospel. When they retired, they sailed home on the same passenger ship carrying Teddy Roosevelt home from one of his famous safaris. As the ship docked in New York Harbor, there was a band playing, crowds cheering, confetti flying, and banners waving, just for the president. It's not fair, thought the missionary. The president goes hunting for a few weeks, and when he comes home, he receives a hero's welcome. We spend our entire lives in an underdeveloped country, and when we come home, there isn't even anyone at the dock to meet us. And then in a flash of insight given by the Holy Spirit, he realized, ah, yes, but the difference is, I am not home yet. You may be treated poorly in this life. You may not get the reward that is due you. That doesn't mean God has failed. It only means that you are not home yet. Okay. So, just to recap. Who is God? God is holy. God is loving. God is just. God is merciful. God is good. God is eternal. God is immutable. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. Okay? And the last part of this chapter, it says to memorize 1 Timothy 1, 17. And you guys can read that on your own. 
the prayer is, Dear Lord, I am so grateful for who you are, that you are perfect in character and so great in ability. Thank you that you chose to let me know who you are. Help me trust you to rule my life with wisdom, love, and power. Amen. Okay, so this is the first episode of Discipleship 101 titled, Who, I'm sorry, In the Beginning. And I just read from the book, The New Christian's Handbook, Everything Believers Need to Know by Max Anders. And the chapter that I just read was chapter one, and it's, Who is God? How can you be a disciple and you don't know who you are following? Um, I That's why I wanted to start with that. Um, because if you're following someone, if you're serving someone, okay, not even someone, if you are serving our Heavenly Father, if you are serving our Alpha and our Omega, if you are serving the one who created you, breathed life into you, okay, not just when you were born, but every single day, that you get to open your eyes. He is breathing new life into you. You need to know who he is. Okay? And while I shared those examples, he is going to be something much greater to each one of us. Okay? Each one of us are going to have our story of who God is in our lives. But when we're starting out as a new Christian, as a babe in Christ, as a new believer... We're not going to know all that at that point in time. Yes, we can hear stories from other people. We can hear their testimony and we can hear this and we can hear that. But you're going to have your own individual story of who God is. He's still going to be all those other things. But who is he for you? Who has he been in your life? Okay. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Jehovah, Nisi, El Shaddai, all of those names lets us know who our Heavenly Father is. But you want to get to know Him for yourself. You want to have a personal relationship with Him. Okay? So that is what, um, I, how I wanted to start out. And I think it's a good start, you know? Because discipleship is like, yes, you're following Jesus, you're following God, but you want to know who they are. Okay? Who am I following? You know, it's just like with social media. So many people are following following different people. You don't know who these people are because they portray themselves as a different person on social media than they can be in real life. You know who God is. He's never changing. He's not going to change. Okay? So, Discipleship 101. I think this is going to be exciting. Um, me, myself, when I became a new uh, believer... Uh, when I was a babe in Christ, the um, church that I was baptized at, they had discipleship classes. Um, and me being a um, a minister, you know, and just um, being passionate about this type of thing, I said, you know, let me do this because I've seen in my travels, in my um, uh, going from church to church, many churches don't have discipleship classes anymore and I'm like okay (laughs) why not Um, because it's needed it's needed every single day someone is giving their life back to God and they need to know you know what is um, required of them 
you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that this is a good way for me, myself, to help other people get to know um, who he is um, and what we are to do as Christians, as his children, okay? So again, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for not only listening to this particular podcast, thank you for listening to all of the podcasts that I have been doing on here for over a year. Thank you. 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 I can't thank you guys enough. Um, but again, I came on, I let you know that this is a single mom of purpose, but this particular episode is being brought to you by Kingdom Gales Ministries. Okay. That is my ministry. Um, just went, um, just started it this year, um, but it was something that God gave me back in 2017. Uh, so I'm just being obedient. Um, the scripture that um, my ministry goes off of is Matthew 9, 22. And my mission and vision statement is I want to help young ladies and women grow closer to God and live the life that has that he has designed for them. Okay. We so many times we want to live the life that we design for ourselves. You know, we want this, we want that. But what has God designed for your life? You know, what is his will for your life? Okay. So just a little bit about my ministry. Um, we embrace our purpose. That's one thing I want to help people do. Embrace your purpose. You know, um, we speak victory and not defeat. Okay. We are not defeated. Okay. We are God's children. We, he's already won the victory. So it's being that he has already won the victory. We are his children. We take on that. We have won the victory. Okay. We are victorious. Okay. We are faith builders. Okay, how can you be a child of God and not have faith? Okay, we have to build our faith up every single day. Okay, we know that God will provide no matter what. Okay, his word says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Okay, we are to ask him. We are to seek him. We are to knock. You know, we have to go to him with our needs, you know, and if it is in his will, then yes, we're going to get that. We have to know that we are to want godly things. Okay, he's just out here just giving us whatever we want if it's not in his will, especially if it goes outside of what his word says. Okay, so we have to be mindful of that as well. Okay, what do we do here at Kingdom Girls Ministries? We inspire. Okay, we empower, we encourage, we motivate, we teach, and we preach. Okay, so again. This is a single mom of purpose, okay? This is being brought to you by Kingdom Gales Ministries, okay? We have a Facebook group. Um, you can check us out on Instagram, okay? Um, and not only that, um, I am a self-published author. All of my books are available on Amazon. Okay, you can find those titles as well on my website at www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com. Okay, they are self-help Christian books. Okay, um, and again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are so amazing, so amazing. Okay, so again, 
this is the first episode for discipleship 101 okay and we are going to be coming back hopefully sometime this week and continue this journey okay we are going to get um we are going to get our discipleship on okay we want to be uh god's number one disciple okay so again thank you have a good evening and i will speak be speaking with you guys shortly